Hello my friends, this is Margaret Copeman Frankowitz with another episode of Diabetic Survival. I absolutely love the fact I have a podcast. Um, it gives me a voice, it allows me to talk about things and also stay positive even when the whole world's crumbling around me. Now, now mind you, I don't know if you remember, but I don't know if Walmart still does this, but remember they had the big smiley face and you know, always had a smile on his face. And then all of a sudden that was taken down. I don't know. That was maybe done after, I think the guy's name was Walton. Um, after he passed on, they kind of took down the big smiley face. But, you know, it always, always was very positive to actually go to Walmart because of that smiley face. As dumb as it is. And, hi, <laughs> hi. This is this is so funny. I was actually on Facebook and Facebook's kind of like like I, I've made sure to actually get rid of all the negative people. Like I just want positivity. I, I just you know the world's negative enough. I don't need more negativity. Just don't eat it. It's like give me negative. I'm gonna like shoo you away because you know there's too many negative people out there. But okay, so like I really miss that smiley face. I I replied to somebody with like four little smiley faces just because what they said was funny and uh, the next thing I know like several days later I get a message from some doofus that says what are you two using smiley faces and I'm here thinking they're icons Two, uh, I don't think there's gonna be a little kid doing anything on a phone let alone leaving a comment as smiley faces and three uh, the person who said it um, I think I may know, and he's an idiot. So, <laughs> you know, so there's all that. But, um, anyways, a little happy smiley face uh, keeps somebody positive. And, you know, sometimes people can go through life and have some disastrous things happen. I've had a lot of disastrous things happen. And, I mean, you may have too. I've lost a lot of family members over the years uh, prematurely. I think that they died way too young. And I've lost friends who died prematurely young. Um, I've dealt with all kinds of tragedies that are just not, aren't great, you know. So um, I think we all have. And so, you know, we don't, I think one of the most important things is, is focusing on the positive, not necessarily the negative. My last, po- my last podcast, I was definitely not as positive as my happy self because reality comes into factor and when you have uh, people you know um, messing with government regulations or taking certain fundings away or just stepping on people it kind of takes the smiley faces out of of you you know that's life that's part of what being an adult's about it's adulting and I was actually on um, another app, a social media app called TikTok, and uh, I kind of discovered that app by accident. But it is really hard for people to be positive anymore, and there are a lot of positive influencers on TikTok. They're amazing people. They definitely can uh, bring your mood up, and they root for you, and whether you need it or not. I think I'd go there just to get the positivity vibes because it works for me. So, anyways, uh, you always get those negative Nancys or, uh, you know, whatever. Um, 
that just want to step on everybody's feet, rain on their parade, or just attack you for no reason, just because you're happy. They're not. They don't know what your situation is, but they're going to assume that they do know what your situation is, and they're just going to, like, stomp all over you. You know what? Just delete those people. Block them. Mute them. Shut them up. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. You actually don't need anything negative. Life is negative enough. Don't keep negative people around you. You know, they're just miserable. They're trying to start something. They don't know what you're about, don't care, and, you know, eventually their demise will be their sadness, and, you know, just walk away from them. Because walking away is the best way to get rid of a narcissist anyways. There's so many narcissists out there nowadays. Like, I swear they're taking a course on how to hurt and destroy other people. Like, seriously. Okay. But anyways, that's not what I was going to talk about today, because I don't want to waste a lot of time on you know, stupid people. I, I just don't. Like, no. Absolutely not. No, I'm here to talk about you. I'm here to talk about me too. So we have something in common. We have, we've either determined that we are pre-diabetic uh, through our A1Cs, or we are diabetic. And that is something that is absolutely life-altering. So for those of you who don't know, I, um, I'm the person that wrote the President of the United States a letter about gas prices. I mean, we all have our quirks court, court on what's going on, and um, any one of us can actually write, you know, as long as you're a U.S. citizen. I, I mean, I guess you could be foreign too, but I don't know how much of an impact that would make, but Every one of us is a U.S. citizen that does have some say. Like, there's something really bugging each and every one of us, whether it be jobs, inflation, something. You know, be specific. Write the president. Get it out there. Um, some advice I would actually give if you do something like that is really just write about one thing bugging you just one thing and emphasize it and write a whole page if you have to like like maybe not a novel but i mean i guess you could depending on what you know but like for instance if um food is really high in your area write about that and send that that message into the white house they you can actually go to the whitehouse.gov link and actually send your letter in uh, don't let it be all over the place. <laughs> so write about that one subject, do a little essay, say your piece, be very nice. I don't care what side you're on, if you're Republican, Democrat, or in the middle, don't care. Um, just write your president and let them know how much that's affecting you. There's no point in griping or moaning about stuff, about things getting fixed, because and even the Congress people, I mean, I guess you could write them too, or the Senator or whatnot, but um, if you go straight to the source, then, like, I have seen Biden actually correct things, like the price of gas. And, like, I've seen things actually take place that were amazing. I'm like, wow! Um, I, I may have had nothing to do with that, just so you know. Like, I doubt I had anything to do with the price of gas going down. Didn't have anything to do with it. Because, as you know, it kind of fluctuates all over the place. But I brought it to the attention of the White House. 
Um, and Biden, being the very controversial president that he is, actually sent me a very valid, a very strong response. So this is why I'm like, you need to be very specific about what you're talking about. Just keep it on that subject. Don't float away too much from, from the topic. Explain how it's hurting you, your family, your economy, maybe your your, your community, and get a response back. Um, one, it's going to make you feel proud that you're doing your part because you're bringing up an issue that may or may not be changed. But the thing is, is that you brought it up. So, um, I like want to write another letter to the president, but I just wrote one like three months ago, four months ago. And I, I try not to bug them too much because then they're not going to take me seriously. So I want I wanted them to take me seriously. So that's why I wrote about the price of gas because I felt that if they brought gas prices down, it would actually help the economy. Like we could get to our jobs. Um, we can go grocery shopping. We can do all kinds of things, you know. So I, I felt that that would actually help. I really hope that there's a truck driver listening so that you can write your White House about the, the cost of diesel and how it's actually crippling the economy. I mean, I think that would be a good one for somebody. Or maybe uh, the price of produce and how it's actually breaking your family. So like, you know, you're getting tired of eating rice and beans or you're getting tired of eating cereal. Like I, I've heard people actually say that, you know, um, it's, it's, it's very disheartening. Or their gro grocery bills drastically being cut to like $30 a month. Oh, that was me. Oh, oh and I actually spent 60 so. Um, but it's important to actually focus on a certain subject. Like, I think years ago, somebody must have written about uh, the price of insulin and how expensive it was. And Biden's actually said a couple things about reducing the cost of insulin, which is really good. So there's a lot of us that cannot like we're like scared to death of taking insulin because of how how much it, it actually costs and insulin's not necessarily that great for you anyways and if you have type 2 you can kind of prevent or at least delay as long as possible uh, having to take insulin at least until you're uh, you know you're qualified for like medicare or medicaid or something then you're not gonna care but in the meantime um really uh, controlling the diet something you need to focus on and there's definitely programs out there like Verda, the Verda Clinic uh, there's probably more too but I really like Verda, I think that um, they're bonafide inexpensive and also do a great, great service for people I think for the price of what insulin would actually cost is how much your healthcare would actually cost with them, so um, they don't necessarily take insurances as far as I know. At least they didn't take mine. So, um, like $200 a month or something. But I mean, if you're like your doctor is telling you, oh, you're gonna have to be on insulin. You're, you're here thinking to yourself, you're type two and you know that this can be corrected by diet, but you're just not finding the right formula for yourself. Then I think Verda would actually be an amazing source for you to actually check out. So Verda Clinic located San Francisco they can actually guide you to a location near you, wherever you're at in the United States. Um, and yeah, it's good. But yeah, so I know that there's a lot of things concerning people. Housing, cost of food, 
So I mean, even gas is still pretty high, even though it's it's come down a bit. So I, I can see it creeping back up again. And um, the fact that you know the, the they've already talked about um, providing a credit to Americans. They, it just has to pass the House and stuff. I don't know what's going on with it, but where they want to actually reduce the price of gas by actually issuing you a credit. So you'd actually pay up front, but later on you would actually get some kind of stimulus or something like $100 a month to pay for gas. There's another suggestion of $400 a year, which would is kind of like a laughable joke if you're working with Uber or Lyft or something, but um, or any gig company delivering products. <laughs> so that's kind of like, oh, 400 a, 400 a year? Try 400 a month. I mean, come on. But another one, another topic you can actually talk about is, um, for instance, all the charlatans that are online claiming you can make millions of money if you just sign up for this link. Or here's another good one, okay? Because, you know, I've, I've actually been checking out different links and stuff, trying to actually gather resources. And I'm getting on fake job sites. Like, what is going on, people? Like, you go to actually uh, check out the jobs because, you know, I, I need to try to earn more, right? So I'm going on, and I'm trying to look for an online job. I'm trying to look for something that'll work around the job that I currently have, the part-time job that I have. And basically what's happening is I get on one of these alleged job sites. Next thing I know, my inbox is getting spammed. There's like no jobs, right? You're here promising like postal jobs or Amazon jobs or whatever. And like the way they, they downplay it, um, especially on YouTube, is, oh, it's just the, the homemakers who are having issues with the, with the spam sites. I'm like, no, no, that's not true. You haven't seen my resume. Worked uh, places like American Express before. I mean, give me a break. I also worked for Bank One and worked for Wells Fargo and worked at um, some other places, you know. I'm not going to get too much in detail. I don't want to get sued. But, okay. So I have worked a lot of jobs in my life. So it's not necessarily just scamming ignorant people. It's scamming everybody. It's, scary. it's scamming the experienced and the inexperienced. The only reason why they would say something like that is because they're trying to downplay it so they can continue their fraud. That's how they're making money. And that literally needs to stop. Yeah, I know there's some... There's, FBI probably has better things to do than stopping scammers, but no, not really. Because scammers hurt every single last one of us. Uh, from phishing websites to uh, these fake job sites to... Uh, promoting products that they don't necessarily deliver on or misleading advertising. Oh, goodness gracious, that's a big one to you. It's where click on this link to get a $750 card and it'll literally say not a scam. Trust me, that's a scam, okay? Or all you have to do is sign up for this service and they'll have like a lot of affiliate links attached to it. Like, I actually got sucked into you. I'm ashamed to save this, but I'm just going to say it. There was a $750 gift card to something. I can't remember what it was. All I had to do is go through their steps. And I'm like, well, I can give it a shot and see what happens. Because maybe if I sign up for this, maybe, maybe, probably not, but maybe I'll get the $750 gift card. 
and I could use one of those. Okay, great. I'll go ahead and try it. So I start signing up for it, and it says that I, got, I have a list of instructions I got to do. So it wanted me to sign up for, for instance, Panera Bread. So I'm like, okay, I've had them in the past. I don't really care for their coffee, but it says any drink, so I'll go ahead and sign up for $15 a month. And they have this special wear for the first two months. It doesn't cost anything. And you get to enjoy your Panera Bread membership, and this is great. Well, the nearest Panera Bread near me is like 12 miles away, so I'm probably not going to get there very often, so it's not really worth it to me. Um, I don't like their coffee. It's too weak. And um, But I have... I, I've, haven't tried their teas yet. Maybe their teas are a little bit better. So I signed up for that thinking that, you know, I finished the first step out of the multiple steps they had. And wouldn't you know it, it went blank after that. Like nothing. And I get this welcome to Panera Bread message in my email box. But there's no links to get back to the site to actually get my gift card. Like that was a complete scam. Um, Panera Bread was the best out of the three chosen. And I'm here thinking, great, now I have a Panera Bread membership that I didn't necessarily want, but, you know, I went ahead and signed up for it because, hey, $750, you know? I get to do sign up for a couple of, like, lame websites that you don't really want any part of. But, okay, so I signed up for Panera Bread, which is safe enough because I know that all I have to do is call Panera Bread headquarters and actually have them disconnect me from that program. But... I have free drinks for the next two months, so I'm going to keep it for a little while anyways, until until I don't need it. So I may actually find myself out in this area more often. Probably not, but I might. Okay. Alright. So the point that I'm trying to make, and, and see that was a scam, because obviously, let me backtrack a little bit here, because the $750 gift certificate never happened. I never got any car, never got any kind of confirmation, never went to the next step, however many steps there were. All I got was a gift card to Panera Bread, which is alright. But at the same time, awfully sketchy because I really wanted that $750. Who wouldn't? I mean, give me a break here, okay? So, but I think that, like, who falls victim to these traps, right? Um, I'll tell you who falls victim to these traps. When you've lost your job, you're going to fall victim to this trap, okay? There are a lot of them out there, get rich quick, quick schemes, lots of get this gift card or get that. You have extra time on your hands, you're online, you're going about your busy day and, oh, okay, look at this, I'll just sign up for this and I'll get this. And then it never happens. So there's a lot of scamming going on right now because economy is crap. Let's just admit it. Um, even gig workers, I mean, they're pissed right now. They're like, we're going to strike. And they are. They're going on strike. They're getting ready to unionize. Um, a lot of weird stuff going on right now. And gig economy is not necessarily good economy, but, you know, people still work it because um, the jobs are just terrible out there. The ones that you can get. Um, you basically want to just not work it. So you may be asking yourself, why am I bringing all this stuff up? I mean, doesn't the diabetic girl usually talk about diabetes? Why is she talking about all this other kind of stuff? Well, I talk about a bunch of different things. And it relates to us in some way, form or fashion. 
and um, a lot of the jobs, such as, I don't know, standing all day. These don't, this doesn't work for a diabetic. Um, I remember back in my early 20s, I was uh, a nursing assistant, certified nursing assistant, psych tech slash nursing assistant. I was certified, bona fide, registered with the nursing registry, everything. And one of the things that I had problems with that I cannot do today is that I was on my feet all day. I was on my feet. My feet. Oh, and you can talk to any nurse who actually does her job. There's a lot of running around that you have to do. If your feet don't ache at the end of the day, then you didn't do enough. Like, seriously, your feet hurt at the end of the day. This is not a job that I would suggest to any diabetic out there. Um, another one I would not suggest to a diabetic is a cashiering job. I would not suggest that. Anything where you're standing around all day is not, not good for a diabetic and I don't think it's healthy. I think it's going to cause problems for you in the long run. I'm not exactly sure why I'm not a doctor. Don't, don't quote me on that. And you know what? I'm sure there's somebody out there that says, nope, nope. Margaret, you're wrong. I, I work as a nursing assistant and I'm on my feet all day, but you know, that pain in my feet, that's good for me. Okay, whatever, you know, do your thing. I'm just saying, diabetic, I wouldn't do it. But another one, and, and you'll find this in the gig economy, okay? So like, you'll have Walmart that expects you to, I don't know, carry these large items and, of course, I, I turn it down because there's a bill of lading there, and you know, any truck driver knows what a bill of lading is. Basically, it gives you an inventory list of what you're actually taking. They don't necessarily put in what you're taking, but they at least uh, tell you how much it weighs. And so, I'm here looking at these gig jobs, which are garbage now. I mean, I guess they were good about, you know, before Biden passed that law against gig companies last month. I'm sure they were good before then, but now they're just not even worth looking into. And um, I'm looking at these items that I may or may not have to climb upstairs just to deliver, realizing that I may not be able to deliver this product that they want. And um, as a diabetic, it's really hard on the body. Like, I, I do believe in exercise. I think everybody should exercise for at least 30 minutes, whether it's a walk or a jog or lifting weights or something of that nature. But as far as working all day, for instance, doing hard physical labor, we diabetics, we can't do that anymore. Especially if you have heart issues as well, like for instance, high blood pressure. If you have high blood pressure and diabetes, that's a double whammy there. There's gonna be a lot of things you can't do anymore. If you're elderly, again, there's just jobs that are not for you. If you're sitting behind a desk for eight hours and like, let's say they give you half an hour break, then you're back to sitting at your desk and they expect you not to move, probably not ideal either. Sitting can be just as harmful for you as standing all day. So the best kind of job is one where you're standing and you're sitting and you're being a little bit active or maybe a lot active, but at least you have time to actually sit down and take a break while you're working and still work. So there are certain roles that I cannot do anymore. Like I cannot do customer service where they expect me to be glued to my seat 
and that I can only leave during certain break periods because, you know, I'll feel it in my back, I'll feel it in my feet, I'll feel it in my legs. It overall, over a long period of time, is just not healthy for you. And yes, I've worked those roles before, but I'm so glad I'm out of those roles as well. So ideally, like for instance, if you're doing deliveries, like small, smaller deliveries, like food deliveries for instance, you're taking a small item and you're dropping it off at a customer's house, because um, you're, you're going, okay, so you're, you're picking it up from the restaurant, so you're getting out of your car from sitting, you're picking up your order, you're getting back in your car, you're sitting down again, you're driving to your customer's house, you drop off the order, and then you move on to the next order. Delivery jobs are ideal. As long as it's in the right context, right? So I was really looking forward to finding one of these work from home jobs and it just seemed that I've been striking out left and right for working at home. And um, it's not even an internet issue anymore uh, because I still have internet funny because I turned it off. But um, I think the main concern is, is that employers are not following through with their applicants. So like you'll go through the first interview, but then you'll go to the second interview and they'll trip you up somehow, or they won't respond to you, or they're too busy, or they selected somebody else, or whatever, and then you gotta move on to the next site. And the jobs that are paid anywhere near decent, um, like I went on Indeed.com and there's this one job that I was that I thought I was perfectly qualified for. Only there were so many applicants in front of me. I, I figured what was the point. I, I still put in my resume though, but 784 other people also put in for the same job. That was ideal for them. So I think part of the problem is supply and demand. <laughs> they just don't have the demand for, you know. Uh, opportunity <laughs> so it doesn't matter how good of a worker you are if there's no work there's no work now if I could have had a crystal ball and I could have looked into the future and saw these these roles drying up so quickly I think I would have actually looked a little bit harder when I started uh, doing uber driving which didn't last very long anyways but my crystal ball was broken, and I don't believe in that anyways, because I'm a Christian. So I leave everything to God anyways. So, um, because I did that, um, I am not working. I do work for an employer, but it's part-time. But I don't have a uh, full-time job, and, which should, I think would be everybody's goal. But now I'm wondering, too, is how people are surviving off of the standard, seems to be the go go-to wage of $10 an hour. How are people surviving off of that? I was reading an article that you need to make like $26 an hour just to afford housing, internet, car, insurance, food, uh, and utilities, and that's just the bare minimum. How are people doing it? So please comment on this because <laughs> I want to know. I, I really do want to know. And then you have people who... Um, by the way, um, if you're diabetic and you have high blood pressure, you actually, especially if you're suffering from like hearing loss or neuropathy or anything like that, you can actually get social security disability. Yeah, you. If you're up in that age bracket, if you're in your 40s or 50s, 
I would definitely see about uh, at least trying for it. Now, what they pay out as well is not all that great either. You're going to have to cut down your living expenses or something or maybe work a part-time job on top of it. But, um, like, they'll only allow you... Like, first off, I would I would say get yourself a good lawyer and just, just listen to what your lawyer has to say about it. So if they tell you that you can only make, like, $1,000 a month or something like that, listen to them. Otherwise, you're not going to get it. And you're certainly not going to get on your first, maybe even second try. It might be your third try. It might be three years from now. But if you're suffering, know that that might be an option for you to actually go to, um, especially in these hard economic times. And, you know, it's predicted to get a lot worse. They're already talking about real estate dropping. And you know that when that happens, then the jobs are going to be scarce. I had always worked the recession-proof jobs, such as when I was a CNA. Nobody else wanted to do the work. So that's how I survived that stuff. Um, other jobs that I've worked um, in telemarketing, nobody wanted to do the telemarketing. But they've literally collapsed the telemarketing world, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But, you know, there's still people out there doing it because we're still getting robocalls still getting people on the line we don't want to talk to. I mean, this happens regularly, especially if we sign up for sites we didn't mean to. <laughs> so, like what I did with the Panera Bread thing, you know, we're still getting calls, you know, then I got to block everybody. Um, but since I have like an Apple now instead of an Android, Apple kind of blocks it for me so I don't have to go through each and every individual one and block it. Apple does such a great job, as a matter of fact, they even block the people I want to talk to. So, you know, there's that. But anyways, I'm straying away from the topic a little bit because what I was actually talking about was uh, contacting the White House. So that would be www, for those who don't know, www.whitehouse.gov. And just write a letter, a nice letter to President Biden regardless of what affiliation you are and talk about your main concern. I know you might have multiple concerns, but just write about one. So really think about it and what's really affecting the economy. Is it inflation? Well, what is it in inflation? Is it the cost of food? Is it the cost of housing? What is it? Write about it. Or let's say that there was a government, um, something or other, like a, a grant or something that was abolished. Like, here in, in West Virginia, like I said, they actually got rid of the, the Mountaineer program. And so they sent millions back to the government. And they took away from, you know, the, the, the people here in West Virginia who had that grant because they claimed the money wasn't spent fast enough. Well, they also didn't ensure that they would receive the 18 months that they were supposed to get either. So some people only got three months, some people got six months and then they were cut off from that funding. And what happened is, you know, there are people during that period of time that, oh boy, now they can afford a car, but now they're getting it repossessed from them. And it's actually causing them more of a burden than actually what it would actually help because these people were planning, they're like, okay, so the government's got me. <laughs> like, who says that? <laughs> okay, sorry. But anyways, they thought that the government had them and they don't. They don't have their backs. And some people were already struggling. That was the whole point of actually getting the, the uh, that that funding. And now that it's been cut from, now they're like, oh great, now I got to go back to living in my car if I even have one anymore. So, okay, so there's that. So take care of yourself, people. 
try to focus on one thing and get that letter into the present. Besides, he will respond. That's the coolest thing. Now, I don't know if it was like pre-election, you know, before midterms and he was just trying to get that point across to get your vote, but I mean, I've always had, um, I always had this thing about contacting the presidents, you know, when they came into office, at least one letter. I didn't contact Bush though, okay, but I did contact all the other presidents since Clinton. And um, I've always gotten thoughtful responses. Now I could also tell you, <laughs> I could tell you stories about what happened from those responses too. Like for instance, with Clinton, um, it was the affordability of houses. Now, you know, of course a house you could actually buy for $60,000 back then. That's cheap compared to what they cost now. Now it's like 450000 for that same house. But you know, I, I contacted him back then because I wasn't making that much and I could not see how I would ever even be able to afford an apartment, let alone a house, because of course I'm going to school, I'm working part time, and I just don't get it. You know, I didn't have that uh, parental guidance, I guess you can say, to actually help me step into the world of adulting, adulthood. And, um,. So because I didn't have that step of figuring out how to make it without having to work like four or five different jobs, um, I, I got there very slow. But okay, so the point that I'm trying to make is that I, I wrote Clinton, and I'll just tell you the story. I wrote Clinton and, you know, he actually wrote me a letter back and he's like, yes, I know, you know, basically he said, yeah, I know it's really hard for people struggling and hopefully this will get better for people and blah, blah, blah. He had time to write me back because at that time he was going through the whole Monica Lewinsky scandal, if most people remember that. Um, I'm not going to repeat what happened because you can Google that. I don't want to talk about that. But he had time to write back and of course I wasn't focused on his scandal like most people were. So, I mean, most people didn't even want to talk to him or write him or anything during that period of time. So he had time to write back, uh, you know, before they had editors and stuff of that nature. And it was a very thoughtful response. Um, oh, I didn't write Trump. I really wish I would have. I, I kind of liked that guy. I, I just, you know, he had, he's, he's like a larger than life type person that really was just super controversial. I would have loved to have a letter from Trump. I'm just telling you. Um, so I've, I've always tended to write Democratic presidents for some reason, but I've, I've liked the Republican presidents too. I, I mean, I would have loved to actually write Reagan back in the days, but you know, I was a kid back then, so you know, we're not thinking about writing the White House. Um, I also wrote Obama, and Obama is like super smart, okay? He's got like a IQ that is well above mine. It's like one. He's like, it's up there. I can't remember what it was like. I know it was past 140. So, like maybe 145, 150, something like that. Maybe 150. But the guy's super smart. And, you know, the thing at the time, the big issue to the country was, of course, it, it revolved around healthcare. And at the time, I had just become pre-diabetic. Well, they considered that a pre-existing condition. So I couldn't even afford healthcare at the time because... You know, of course, here I am making, you know, very little. And actually, I was working a decent job, but still not enough for health care. 
and even I think it was my husband was working and they so even though my husband was working and he got his health care fairly inexpensive it was like 120 or something mine was like 400 and I couldn't afford it I couldn't afford the health care even I was a non-smoker like I couldn't afford it I was just a pre-diabetic back in those days okay so it was really outrageous so I wrote in about because he was trying to push out the Obamacare and I wrote into the White House because I was just so upset about it. And I'm like, hey, I can't afford health care. Even on your plan, I can't afford it because it was still high. And he's like, don't worry. When it takes effect, it'll go down in price, blah, blah, blah. Right? You know, that was like 10 years ago. And I just, I did not see that happening. So there were many years I couldn't afford health insurance. And I felt like I was going to be penalized by the government because at the time... They were trying to mandate or force us on health insurance we couldn't afford. You know, kind of like what they did with auto insurance, which I think is a big waste of money too, but until you need it. <laughs> it's a big waste of money until you need it. Then you're just like, oh, okay, that's why it's there. But, um, but I did get a very thoughtful response due to that. Now, mind you, you probably think people are writing into the White House all the time, and they probably are. I mean, they have staff that actually reads the letters, and the president says what he needs to say, and, you know, they have the legal team there, make sure everything's copacetic, and then they give you a response, and they send it back to you. Sometimes it takes a couple weeks, sometimes it takes a month, but you still get a response. So, I mean, I've had emails and, and letters sent to me. Like, like with Clinton, it was an actual bona fide letter and I showed it off to everybody. I was super proud of it. And with Obama it was an email. And uh, then with Biden it was an email. I still appreciated the heck out of it. Now Biden, believe it or not, is actually a quite an intelligent person. I loved the response I actually got from the White House from Biden. Like that was magical. It was like, okay, here I am, like, I'm on the Trump fence at this point in time, but I write, I, I go ahead and write Biden anyways, right? Like, I got mad about that whole, um, thing at the White House, too, back in January 6th of 2020. But, um, yeah, I absolutely loved the response I got from Biden. And so, it, it'll actually change your perspective on, like, what the media, for instance, says about him, and who he actually is. You know, like people call him Sleepy Joe. There's nothing sleepy about Joe Biden. He knows what he's doing. He's a sharp guy. You know, become a lawyer by being dumb. But there's enough scary things going on out in the world right now to where I think that, you know, you know, I'm feeling like a bit like a vulnerable adult here being a diabetic, uh, also having high blood pressure. And, um, you know, like everything's unstable. Like the economy is just complete crap right now and with them actually talking about real estate prices dropping now and uh you know interest rates raising and stuff of that nature i mean we're gonna be in a different world this time next year and unfortunately because of the fact that gas prices went up so tremendously high um when they did it literally depleted the little bit of savings that i had that i needed so that's what happened to me, is I was doing a pretty good job saving money so that I could work on my future and, and save you know, my little nest egg. And 
it literally, like between that and Uber, it just destroyed whatever savings I had left. Like it gobbled it up quicker than anything and I was making less and less and less with Uber to the point where I had to work harder and harder and it just wasn't making sense. You know, nobody should have to work 12 hour days unless you're Elon Musk and you're making like, you know, a billion dollars a day. My squabbly little job, I'm only making like $40 a day, which is not even enough to live off of. There's, I would actually make more on disability than I would actually working the job that I'm doing right now. So I'm really kind of hoping that they push it through because if I have to live in this economy, it's going to kill me. And if I'm going through this, I know that there's other diabetics out there going through this. Maybe you're not going through this, but you might have a friend who's going through this right now who happens to be diabetic as well. Or you heard about Joe Blow from the, from the community over who has di diabetes and he's struggling. So write your Congress. No, forget about the Congress. Just write the White House. Tell them what's going on in your community. Let them know what type of funding needs to happen. And if you don't need it yourself, by gosh darn it, write about, for instance, the poverty that you see in your area. And don't criminalize these people. Write to the White House to help these people. The best thing that they can do is open up funding in your area to get them on the rapid rehousing list to actually put them in a home, their own apartment. And if they're beyond, um, like if they need special care, that these people get the special care that they need. Maybe they need to go into nursing homes or maybe they need to go into mental institutions or maybe they need to just go into self-care locations. You know, like maybe, um, you know, like an... Okay, so like Alzheimer's wards had it. Um, we called them Alzheimer's dementia wards. Sometimes people need like, uh, what do you call them? Assisted living places. So these things are very important and the only way that these places are going to get the funding that they need because there isn't a lot of money in Section 8. If there was enough money in Section 8 or housing, then people wouldn't be on three to six year waiting lists. That means three to six years, they're either couch surfing because they do have friends or they're on the streets because their friends are junk. I mean, this stuff happens. There's a reason why people become homeless. I mean, you could become homeless tomorrow. Just think about it. Most people live paycheck to paycheck. Would you be okay if you lost your job? Let's say you were living, surviving day to day, and it was for the, by the graces of God that you even could manage on a regular basis because, you know, of course, the bills need to be paid. You've got to pay that mortgage, right? You've got to pay that rent. You've got to pay for that car, for the, your transportation, your bus pass or whatnot. Are you going to be okay if you lose your job tomorrow? You can always say, well, just pick up another job. But what if the other jobs you pick up aren't paying either? What if they're not paying anything? They'll let you work. But now you have to, to actually accept a quarter of what you used to make. Would you make it? Probably not. Do you have family and friends to depend on? If you do, good for you. There's a lot of people that don't have that anymore because their friends and family have passed on. Then you have people who are left out on the streets, missing their loved ones for one. But now they can't even think about it because every day they're trying to survive. They're trying to survive on the streets. They're trying to make it. Um, 
criminals go through this too, but they at least have a halfway house to go to. They might have to pay a super amount of money just to stay in a room or whatnot with other felons or whatnot, but at least they have a roof over their head. There are people out there, people, who've done nothing wrong but lose their job because some idiot in corporate made a decision that they were going to be cut because they didn't like their hairstyle or something, and now they're homeless. They have nothing saved because that company didn't give a crap about them. They also don't have any money backing them. That does happen. So before you go around judging people, maybe you should walk in their shoes and see where they're actually at. Do not judge them. Or, you know, there's some people out there that use substances too. Um, drugs, alcohol. They at least have rehab they can go to. But we're talking about the working class, the people who have um, served your coffee in the morning or have brought you the newspaper or have brought you your meal, like DoorDash or something, or, or, or Postmates. They no longer have a job. They were surviving day to day based off of what they were capable of doing. Don't judge those people. Help those people. And if you can do nothing else, if you can't help those people, at least be kind to those people. So I was talking to my brother, who happens to live in California, about the homeless crisis they actually have going on in Sacramento. And he told me, do you remember the Del Paso Boulevard? I'm like, yeah, I remember Del Paso Boulevard. He's like, it's bad here now. There are cars that have been burnt up. There's homeless everywhere. They're just, they're just in mass here in California. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of crazy. He's like, yeah, it is. Now, here's my opinion about Sacramento. It's the armpit of California. Like, if I could, if, if I could be homeless anywhere, I, I'd, I'd probably choose Hawaii or uh, maybe a different country or like off the coast of somewhere. Like if I'm gonna have to live in sunshine, I'm gonna be in the sunshine, shiny states, you know, off the coast, enjoying the beach, at least not during the hurricane season. And he said it was so bad there, like even at his apartment complex where he at, he's at, he's like, this is like the lowest of the lows that you can get to. And I mean, he's, like, him and his wife, they do pretty well, but they still live in the apartments they have because they still get by month to month. And they make all this money, which I have no idea where it goes. I'm not going to even ask when I'm going to go there. But they also have their two adult children with them who, um, I, I believe he said that they weren't working. So he's supplementing his two adult children because they can't even, they can't even dream of having a place of their own can't even dream of it because they can't afford it. I mean, there's just no, like, there's no end in sight there. Maybe it's just bad money management in that case, but just probably the case, but who knows. But, um, outside of his apartment complex, he's got homeless people digging through his trash. He's always afraid somebody's going to steal his ride, which has happened before with him. And, um, these homeless people, they live in homeless encampments. And in these encampments, at least in the state of California, they actually have the mafia running it and charging homeless people rent to stay in these places, which 
is incredibly crazy to me, but obviously it provided an opportunity for some scoundrel somewhere to take what little they actually had. And this is all caused because of a lack of housing. If there was proper housing and if more people actually wrote to the president, maybe Section 8 and the Housing Assistance Fund would actually house these people so that they could actually live a proper and decent life. Everybody deserves to live a proper and decent life. Except for those mafia people that are charging, those scoundrels that are charging the homeless people. I wouldn't give them Section 8 with anything. But it gets even worse. So after, after you've already been kicked out of your place because you couldn't afford rent, now you have an eviction on your record and you will never ever get Section 8 even if you applied for it and they didn't lose your application. So I'm going to have to quote Cora again because Cora has some of the most idiotic questions I've ever seen in my life. I never actually thought there could be an idiot question, but then I discovered Quora and realized there were a lot of idiots on Quora. There's questions like, why don't the homeless just go get a job? Well, exactly how, like if somebody has already lost everything that they had, all their clothes, all their possessions, their self-respect and dignity, have, have lost their place where they were actually living, have lost their transportation, etc. How are they supposed to get a job? They can't even take a shower, let alone get a job. And like, let's say there are, are programs, because there are some programs out there where the homeless can actually take a shower, you know? Um, there's, there's certain pop-ups that happen, like, you know, the, there's a truck that'll allow you to shower over here, but you've got to be across the city. Somehow they got to get across the city. Somehow they got to get a bus pass and go across the city, just take a shower, just so they can apply for the job that, oh no, job's no longer available because somebody else got it. You know, they got like a thousand other applicants there. Like these are real world scenarios here. Um, but instead of criminalizing these people, which most of the states have done is criminalize homelessness. Why not help these people out and stop persecuting them? They're vulnerable adults, and they come from many various different lifestyles. Some people are just misplaced homeless. Some people just didn't have anybody they could count on because everybody that they turned to turned their backs on them. And despite how our economy wants to paint it as a pretty picture, not everybody has, um, for instance, uh, a stimulus check waiting for them. Because there's always stipulations to it, like uh, you either have to make um, a certain amount or you have to have X amount of kids or you have to have a house or something. So the problem with the whole grant thing is the fact that if you don't have that, it's, the program is not going to do you any good. So for instance, the program which I thought was pretty laughable is the fact that, that um, Biden actually took out... Um, Mountaineer program to actually help renters and, and people who are in their own homes pay rent so that he could actually replace it with green initiatives so that he could push his own agenda of, of, of um, reducing emissions or greenhouse gases or whatnot. Which, by the fact, is not a scientific fact anyways. 
let me get the ball rolling on this one too because um yellowstone and i'm, I'm just going to go to yellowstone really quickly here yellowstone if it erupts which they have had seismic, seismic activity there, by the way, it's going to take out the whole West Coast. Only 20% of Americans live on the West Coast, believe it or not. Anything past the Mississippi, 20%. So if it goes, you're all gone out on the West Coast. Sorry. Yeah, you should have moved to the East Coast when you had the chance. Which, by the way, I might actually join you on the West Coast here shortly. But anyways, um, because... <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to care at that point in time because the economy is going to be so broken that, um, you know, it's not going to matter. They've also, there's also news about the uh, San Andreas Fault actually acting up as well. We'll see what happens there. But something's going to shift. Um, probably not good. I'm kind of glad I'm not on the West Coast right now, but, you know. Okay, so just to recap... Write your White House. Go to www.whitehouse.gov. Send a letter to your president. Get something back. That way you can take it and frame it. And maybe it'll be worth some money on eBay one of these days. And uh, another thing is sign up for Venmo. So they have this thing where it, it does expire in 14 days. But they still send like $5 if nothing else. I think I'm still in that 14-day period, but um, you can use Venmo to send money, shop, and even earn rewards. We'll actually both earn $10 when you send at least $5 to another person on Venmo using a funding source linked to your account. That does expire in 14 days, so make sure you jump on that. The link to get started is uh, HTTPS colon backslash backslash get.venmo.com Venmo is spelled V-E-N-M-O for those who wonder and another backslash after the com and then use my code X-N-S-W uh, let me rephrase that capital X lowercase N-S-W F then uppercase U-W-T T and then lowercase U-B so there are some terms that apply to that. Um, the sooner you can get on, the better. And that way you can exchange money with your friends if you want to. and um, Or you can actually send me a tip on occasion because I kind of need it right now. <laughs> send me a tip, please. And uh, be much appreciated. And uh, let's let the world continue to go around. Hey, and you know what? Another reason why I would actually say uh, sign up for Venmo is because I found out what they're making in the Philippines. Like, it's not very much. I actually talked to a customer service rep. And uh, she makes like $10 a day doing the same work I could do here for about 80 to 100 sometimes 140 so, um, if nothing else, if you get a Filipino friend, <laughs> definitely send them some money. That, that, like, $10 would go a lot. Um, okay. So I just thought I would actually put that out there. I want to thank you so much for listening to me and for, for listening to my banter. Hopefully this helps you out. Let's make the world a better place, people. You know, I, I enjoy talking on... On this platform so much um, I think I'm very blessed to actually be able to reach so many people so um, 
go out there, be nice to each other, just spread your niceness everywhere. If you have that little extra to give, please do. Um, I'll make sure to have a link in my description. And I hope that you have a great day. This has been Margaret Copeman Frankowitz. Thank you.